When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Coming up on Star Talk, my conversation with Peter Diamandis who's an entrepreneur extraordinaire, inventor of the XPRIZE. We're going to learn about what role the XPRIZE can play in stimulating innovation for the future of our species. Coming up. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist. I have in my office Peter Diamandis, someone I met 30 years ago. He's an entrepreneur, space entrepreneur, but not only that, he's trying to transform what it is to live, to live healthy in this world and in the future. Peter, welcome back to my office, dude. Pleasure, buddy. Great to be here. I can't believe it's been 30 years. 30 years. Wow. So, how, so what happened back then? I'm not <laughs> saying that we're old or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Was that like half our life ago, in a sense? Yeah. And, and why? remind me why you found me and came to my Hayden Planetarium office. It's a wonderful story. So the year was 1995. I had just founded the XPRIZE, right? This, uh, the desire was to put together a $10 million prize. It was not funded at the time. For private space flight. And so and you came to me for the $10 million. I, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and you turned me down, damn it. It was a short meeting. Uh, right, right. But you had to explain to me at the time what the X Prize yeah, was. Yeah. So I said, listen, throughout history, prizes were used to move, you know, technology and science forward. And let's face it, you know, since we got to the moon in 1969, not much has happened in terms of going to space. The shuttle was great. For humans. For, for humans. humans. Yeah, yeah, a lot of great stuff on on, on planetary surfaces. But I wanted to go. I wanted to be an astronaut, right? That's what I grew up. Uh, you know, the, uh, that Apollo mission showed what we could do. And then that scientific documentary, Star Trek, showed exactly, <laughs> showed exactly Which predates where, the going to the moon. Yes, it does, yes, by yeah, a couple years. A few years. Uh, so I'm like looking for people that might fund a $10 million prize. And at first, I'm like, let's do this grassroots. Let's get, you know, thousands of people who are going to give, you know, hundreds of dollars. And so I'm flipping through the back of one of those old paperback books. And in the back, it says, do you want to fly to the moon or Mars? Enter 
uh, a competition to buy a ticket. And I'm like reading this, and I'm going, that's amazing. It wasn't a competition. I think it was a lottery. Basically. It was a lottery, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, you're right. It was a lottery to win a ticket to go to the moon, go to Mars, go to, I think it offered a few other planets there, but <laughs> I'm not sure. And it said, and you know, provide the information and mail it in to the Hayden Planetarium. Which, and serving as director at the time, I had no idea we did this. <laughs> because if... <laughs> That scared me when you showed this to me because I said, we're going to have to make good on, the, on these tickets. Yeah, what's, what's our liability? So I'm thinking, okay, it must be thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people who want to go, you know, on these interplanetary trips. And, and sent in these tickets. And sent in these tickets. And I, and I know there's no option for them. And the X prize we were doing, it was going to be a, a $10 million prize for the first person to build a spaceship and carry a pilot and two paying passengers up 100 kilometers into space. And I said, maybe that group of people who submitted these forms, I can reach out to them and say, hey, you know, this is how you can get to space. And so I show up on your doorstep and I said, I said, Neil, where, where are all these? You know, there's <laughs> thousands of them. And I just occupied that office at the time. And so I had to go to our library and our library archivist. And they found, they found a box of these. They did. They did. And, but we're, we're, we're remembering something from 30 years ago about a contest that happened 30 years before that yes. in the 1960s. So I'm looking at the names and the addresses. It's before zip code. Okay? <laughs> so, and you want to find these people? They're all dead. All right. Yeah. What, what do you... What? It wasn't going to work. <laughs> it definitely was but not going to work. I, I applaud the creativity of the idea. I got, I got a chance to meet you. Oh, no, no, thank you. Yeah, thank it was you. fun. But thank you were you. very kind. Um, and this was the beginning of the XPRIZE back then. Uh, so I got to see it. In its infancy, very born early. in your head, very very early. Yeah, you know, again, I'm born. I was born in '61, and the '60s was a formative time for me. And again, it was it was the Apollo program and Star Trek that really sort of uh, infected my mind and mm -hmm. really it drove me. It's I. That's I a good word. To, infected it because that you know it's weird coming off a pandemic to use the word <laughs> infected, but <laughs> it, it carries the right sort of biological vector, right? Yes. You're there and then there's a show and it gets in you and now you, you're affected by it. Yes, I right. want to become an astronaut. My parents want me to become a doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to become an astronaut. And I'm like, I looked at the numbers, I remember, and I think it was like one out of 5,000 people got selected to become an astronaut. Mm -hmm. And I said, Really poor odds. I have a better chance of becoming an NBA All-Star at 5'4 than I do an astronaut. <laughs> okay. And then I looked at how many astronauts actually flew. And interestingly enough, like only half the astronauts... In the program. In the program fly. Mm -hmm. They're called penguins because they have wings, but they don't fly. Is that right? Yeah. I did not know that. And then the, the killer was, okay, if I got selected, if I got a chance to fly, can I fly every weekend? <laughs> Which is what I want. And it's like, you know, one or two missions. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so I said, there's got to be a better way. And uh, I was given a book by dear friend Greg Marinak, uh, The Spirit of St. Louis. And I'm reading the book. He gave it to me to encourage me to finish my pilot's license. Just to remind people, that's the name of Lindbergh's plane. Yes. The Spirit of St. Louis. Yeah, that so, he flew across yeah, the Atlantic. And so, yeah. but, but before you continue, yeah. tell me precisely why an XPRIZE concept works at all. So... If you think about it, um, we are genetically bred to compete. We do it finding our spouse. So we do, we, we drive. Society, society thrives on thrives it. Thrives on, on it. And, and we evolved as humans to compete for our food and all everything. So 
can we in fact use an, what's called an incentive competition, very different from the Nobel Prize or the Pulitzer Prize, which rewards someone for work they did 10, 20, 30 years ago, right? So it's like a cherry on top prize. For incentive competition is the opposite. It says, I don't care who you are, where you went to school, if you- Or what your nationality is or anything. Anything, how much, how old you are, nothing. It's a, it's a pure meritocracy prize. If you pull this thing off first and demonstrate it, you win. And so I had just read this book, and I'll, I'll mention a little bit more about it in a second, about that Lindbergh in 1927 flew New York to Paris nonstop to win this $25,000 Orteg prize. This guy, uh, this Frenchman, Raymond Orteg, is born- well, Just to give a shout out to Long Island, he left from- uh, airfield in Long Island. He left from yeah. Roosevelt Field. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He used to go launch rockets out of there. Oh, he did? Yeah. 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 And there's it. now a, a museum of, of air and space. Huh, very, very good museum. Yeah. So um, this guy, this Frenchman, Raymond Ortega, comes to the U.S. in like 1900, penniless, um, works his way up from busboy to hotel manager to hotel owner of the Hotel Lafayette. World War One was the birth of the airplane. Right, so you saw it for the first time. And so in 1919, at the end of the war, this guy, Raymond Orteg, who's, who owns his hotel now, uh, posts a notice that I will offer $25,000 for the first person to fly nonstop between my birthplace of Paris and my home of New York or the other direction. And if you knew about the trade winds, you'd head for You want to go. That's the best. <laughs> um, Prevailing winds go west to east. Yes. Yes, on earth. So what happens is he offers this $25,000 prize. People laugh at him. I mean, this is ridiculous. No one's ever gone that far since 1919. And that's a chunk of money in 1919. It was. It's, uh, you know, four, five, six, four million dollars today. Anyway, so uh, it turns out nine different teams go after this $25,000. And they spend $400,000 to win this guy's money. And I'm making notes in the margin of the book, The Spirit of St. Louis, again, that, that, uh, that Lindbergh published in 1957, won the Pulitzer Prize. And he's talking about how much money the teams are all spending. Uh, this team's spending 100,000, this spend is, is, is spending 50,000. He spent 25,000 bucks. And, uh, and Ortiz doesn't pay any of the losers. And I think three of the nine teams died trying to make the flight. So Lindbergh actually makes the flight, first one to go nonstop solo, and also the first one to go nonstop in this competition. And within 18 months of Lindbergh winning this 25,000 bucks and making the flight, the number of airplanes in the world quadrupled, the number of pilots tripled. So there was this- It was a force of nature It was a itself. moment. It was, the four, it was the Bannister four minute mile. It was front page around the world. Oh my God, humans have flown nonstop across the Atlantic. And Lindbergh became a global hero. So- the Ortiz Prize opened up aviation, and really, you can draw an inflection point for everything. And so, as I'm reading this book, uh, The Spirit of St. Louis, uh, I am like, I have to do a prize like this for spaceflight because I'm not going to get, you know, a chance of me becoming a government astronaut or slim, and I don't get a chance to fly every time I want to fly. And we need to kick space flight, human space flight, in the butt. So uh, and the NBA was off the table. Too. <laughs> it just was not going to happen for me. <laughs> And so there's a very long story, but over the course of the next five years, I ended up raising the $10 million prize. Raising um, the money for Raising the, the money for the prize. Just to be clear, I just want to emphasize, because yeah. you said so, you just said something because you're so accustomed to it, but I think it's worthy of, of a pause to reflect on the fact that 
$25,000 was a prize for people who were spending more than $25,000 to win that prize. Yeah, 16 times the prize money was spent cumulatively by all the teams uh, to try and win it. And, and so when- So that's that competition you were talking about. That's the competition. And I was like- and the Competition transcended the money. It was people wanted to do it. They wanted an excuse to do it, right? And so in the back of the Spirit of St. Louis that I'm reading that my friend Greg gave me to finish my pilot's license, which I did eventually do, at the end, I wrote the words XPRIZE. And you know why I wrote the word XPRIZE? No. You'll love this, I think. First, X was a variable to be replaced by the name of the person who put the money up. I had no idea who it was. X, Roman numeral 10 for $10 million. X for experimental. It just really worked. Wow. Huh? Okay. Deep, deep. Um, so, and, and, and Elon Musk was early in that conversation and he made SpaceX. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was. You're he like was Forrest that. Gump, right? Every, every, <laughs> every turning come, point. Every turning point in the history. Well, I mean, uh, Elon, you were there. With Elon, the, Elon, I met Elon in, in, uh, in 2000, 2001. Uh, the XPRIZE was ongoing. He hadn't met the Anusha Ansari yet who funded it. And so... Um, the very fam uh, very famously. Oh, you uh, had one funder had one, for the ten million. One, we had a bunch of smaller funders that kept us going, and then the Ansari family was the primary funder, and that's why it became the Ansari Prize. Ansari X Prize, right? Filling and, in for the variable X. Exactly, but the X stuck along, stuck around so long, we didn't get rid of it. it was the Ansari X Prize versus the Ansari Prize, and um, Anusha, by the way, is now the CEO of the X Prize. Uh, amazing woman. She flew privately to the space station. I remember that, yes. And uh, now she's the CEO. I serve as Just to be clear, it's, you could not pri fly privately via NASA because NASA didn't roll that way. So she paid money to the Russians yes. to go to the International yes. Space Station. On Soyuz flight. Yes. Yeah, at a uh -huh. Baikonur. Um, Elon was an early Baikonur donor. Baikonur launch a Baikonur site for in, in Russia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so the remarkable lesson here yeah. is when you combine the competition, as you duly described, when you combine what impact success would have on the motivation of others in society, there's probably no greater leverage you can have we on have, innovation. We have than documented, an yeah, we have documented thirty-fold uh, return on the donation we get. So when someone gives us a dollar to fund a prize. Um, typically, you know, and notwithstanding the amazing institution that we're in here, um, you typically The American get, Museum of Natural History. Yes, you, you typically will get like 20 cents on your dollar spent to actually move the thing forward. When we put up a large XPRIZE competition, uh, you'll get as much as $30 on the dollar spent by all the teams trying to win it. And the best part, you don't pay the losers. You only pay the winner who pulls it off. <laughs> How would you like that to be the, uh, the business model for everything, right? I'm not going to pay you until my house is whatever. <laughs> but it works, and, it works, and people do it willingly. Yeah, The losers are not sad I'll, that they didn't get the money. I'll give you an example. We have launched uh, to date uh, on the order of four or $500 million in prizes. Okay. Uh, we've launched prizes for mapping the ocean floor, for pulling water out of the atmosphere, atmospheric capture of water. Uh, for we, drinking. For drinking. Yes. Uh, we had a global literacy prize for teaching children in the middle of Tanzania reading, writing, arithmetic on a tablet without any literate adults. You'd give them a tablet, they'd turn it on and had to learn everything on their own. You know, a couple of years ago, I got Elon Musk to fund the largest prize at the time, which was a $100 million prize to pull CO2 out of the atmosphere at scale, uh, either 
out of CO2 out of the oceans, out of the atmosphere, but it was a gigaton carbon removal prize. And we had 6,000 teams enter that competition, wow. which is crazy, right? We're in the finals coming up in the next, um, next bit. Oh, so the winner would get $100 million. We actually gave away 15 million of it staged in the beginning. So the remaining amount um, will be- okay. will So be, starter money for people. Yeah, 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 and we had a student competition and so forth. But the idea is that we've sparked this entire industry and brand new approaches. The idea is you want to burn all the oil in the ground. <laughs> Just fess up. You want to burn all the oil in the ground. The only way you can do that is to pull I, the CO2 out. Yeah. Just say it. Okay, I say <laughs> This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more... FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops Driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops Drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology 
and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash startalk, code startalk. Hello, I'm Alexander Harvey, and I support StarTalk on Patreon. This is StarTalk with Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, we have launched a, my, a larger prize uh, called the $101 million Longevity or Health Span X Prize. Oh, okay. It's one thing to say, um, here's an innovative X Prize winning idea. Yeah. Okay. How often does it turn into a thoroughly marketable product that then births an industry? Well, that's our whole goal. So you know, if you go to xprize.org, you can check out a lot of the background and a lot of the impact we've had. We talk about when a prize gets won, it's the beginning of the work, right? Because we have now demonstrated a new capability and we want to spark an industry. So uh, when the Ansari X Prize got won in 2004, Richard Branson came in and bought the rights to create Virgin Galactic, right? And, uh, and I've known Jeff Bezos for 40 years. Uh, my first organization ever was Students for the Exploration and Development of Space, SEDS, which became a, uh, a worldwide college space organization. I was the chairman, and Jeff Bezos was the Princeton chapter president back in the... As a student? As a student. Right, okay. And... Uh, did he offer you Amazon stock? No, no, unfortunately not. But he did tell me, I did meet him uh, shortly after he started Amazon. And I said, like, Jeff, what are you doing with this Amazon thing? I thought you were like a space guy. Right, because he was just selling books at the time, <laughs> right? He was a bookseller. And he said, well, I plan to make all my money in Amazon. I'll spend it on space. A very simple one-two plan, right? Mm -hmm. And he's, it's worked yeah, for him. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Do you feel pressure from common folk, just everyday folk, when they see you putting all this very innovative energy of time and money doing things that feel remote to them, is there pushback on you for this? You know, uh, you're a smart guy. The way you're getting access to money yeah. and investments. Why aren't you using it to solve the world's problems? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. I am. I am. That's what the XPRIZE does as well, right? We are focused on solving global grand challenges. But I do remember the conversations earlier on when I was just focused on space. And I remember. So that's when this would have come uh, up. Yeah, then. yeah. I remember writing a brochure, Why Space? Because it was the hardest question to answer. And you can talk about Tang and Teflon <laughs> and all that stuff. But I'll tell you, I would say we are the equivalent of those lungfish that came out of the, out of the oceans ocean. onto land. Mm -hmm. And if they don't like it, tough. Oh, so, so you're analogizing. Earth to the ocean and space to land. Yeah, we're coming I, out of the. I think we have a moral obligation to fly uh, to make humanity a multi-planetary species. Moral? A moral obligation. A moral obligation. Okay, tell that the, to the homeless person. For the, for the, 
on, on, a, on a species level. <laughs> species level, okay. Species okay, level. okay. So interesting, right? So one of the things I'm very proud of is uh, I had started a company years ago called Zero Gravity Corporation. Zero. I remember Zero G. Yeah. You fly people up in the thing. Yeah, we have, a, we have a 727. We fly these parabolic flights. This is another That's one. That's not one where the doors blow out. No. Right, okay. So uh, I wanted to go on NASA's Zero G airplane. I couldn't get on. I couldn't get on. I couldn't. I said, "Screw it! If I want to go that bad, I'm going to start a company to do zero G flights." That's just that's just my thing. So it took me 11 years to get FAA approval. 11 years to get the Federal Aviation Administration to allow people to get an airplane, unbuckle yourself, and have the airplane go up at 45 degrees up over the top for a little bit of an arc. And then come down. basically fall. And then fall. But you're in free fall. You're in free fall as you go over the top, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's the arc of, a small arc of that, of, mm -hmm. an, of an orbit. Anyway, I, uh, in 2007, I was connected to Stephen Hawking. And uh, the X Prize had just been won, the Ansari X Prize for space flight. And on a phone, he said, uh, can you fly me into space? And I said, I'm sorry, Professor Hawking, I can't, but I could fly you on a zero G flight. And he said, fantastic, through his nurse. And we agreed to do a zero-gravity flight. Um, long story short, uh, I was told by everybody I was crazy. I was going to kill this guy. And we actually did the zero flight. Zero-G never killed anyone. It's gravity that kills you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, but he was very frail, right? He could break, mm -hmm. a, break a rib. So he was asked on stage at the press conference before he flew. It was an amazingly successful If he flight. dies... No, no, no. Okay. Why is he going to sue me now? The, the question was, why are you doing this? It's risky. And he said something a little dystopian. He said, I don't think humanity has a future unless we open up the space frontier. Mm -hmm. And so that's one way of looking at and it. And by the way, I recommend anyone who hasn't seen it go to YouTube. There are videos of him floating yeah. in the zero G moment. Pr proudest yeah. moment. I had to yeah. fight, you know. I had two people, we announced it, we were going to do a fundraiser for ALS, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, the disease that gave him his, uh, his inability to move any, any muscles. And uh, after I announced the press conference, uh, announced the press we were going to do this flight, I got two phone calls, one from my airplane operator who said, you're insane, you're going to kill the most famous physicist on the planet. <laughs> and a second one from a government agency, I won't mention who they are, but their initials are FAA, um, who said, you're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to fly Stephen Hawking into zero G. And I said, why? He says, in your operating specifications, it says that your passengers have to be able-bodied. And he's clearly not able-bodied. He's able-minded. So, and so I asked, I had the presence of mind to ask who determines whether he's able-bodied. And said, well, probably an a aviation physician or his doctor. I bought malpractice insurance got three physicians to write letters to the FAA that he's able-bodied for a zero-G flight. And they said, it's your ass, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, you fulfilled the, the bureaucratic yes. requirements uh, with the, producing the letters. Yeah. yeah, it's delightful to watch him float yeah. around yeah. in there. So, um, okay, so getting back to the pushback you might have gotten by putting money in space I was saying, this is this is, this is human destiny, and we need to spread the risk. Okay. So, tell me now about, it's at the subject of your latest of a half a dozen books, yeah. uh, Longevity, AI, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how does XPRIZE fit into that? So, where are you going now? Yeah, so my focus over the last 10 years has been the field of longevity. How do I add uh, 10, 20, 30 healthy years on your life? Part of this group... But why not just 
say live forever? Why, why, why are you so restricted? Because Come I on, think, dude. I think why, who, <laughs> who am I talking to here? You're X Man. When, when, when I listen, I, and there's there's a concept called longevity escape velocity. That's my goal. I love that. Describe that. I okay. love that phrase. All right, so it's, it's so perfect. It is perfect. It is yes, perfect. Go. So today, uh, for every year that you're alive, science is extending your life for about a third of a year mm-hmm. by breakthroughs and so forth. As we're in this incredible era of AI and soon quantum chemistry and quantum tech and so forth, science, there will be a point in the future. Just to be clear, this is AI as applied to our understanding of our physiology and our our genetics. Everything. Yes. Of of all aspects of ourselves. It's not just AI in the abstract. It's AI in the very specific. It's applied to health and medicine. Mm -hmm. Solving problems we couldn't otherwise solve. Because there's, it's, it is so complex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the just give it to AI. Yeah, well, and it can. I'll decide. go to the Bahamas. Give that to the. AI. <laughs> so okay. So there is a moment in time. So given the speed at which technology is progressing, and this includes genome sequencing and CRISPR and gene therapy and all of the and stem cells, all of these technologies are moving at the speed of you know, exponential growth. There is going to. This is the decade in which we're going to make a dent in the length of the human life. And so there is a moment in time, uh, Aubrey de Grey and Ray Kurzweil speak about this concept called longevity escape velocity. What it means is there's going to be a moment in time that for every year that you're alive, science is extending your life for more than a year. Okay. The moment that happens, we've reached escape velocity. So you're able to keep living longer and longer and longer. Now, whenever I talk about immortality and living forever, people shut it off because it is... We have so much, so many institutions that are built around death from religions to government to all. It's a bridge too far. But what I do want to say I'm very assured about is can we, so we have- Just to be clear, um, when you say religion, you mean so much of what so many religions care about is your afterlife. And if you never die, what are they offering you? Yeah. If you're the, you the spend business, eternity the business on model breaks. Yeah, the business. <laughs> 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 so, to put it to put it another way, yes, okay. So, but uh, with all respect to religions, uh, how so? We have extended the healthy human. We have extended longevity uh, to a hundred. Yeah, basically, right. Mm-hmm. A, a number of people all around us, uh, you know, are living into the late eighties, nineties, mm-hmm. up to a hundred. The problem is we have not extended our health span that far. Longevity, like that your, life, your health lifespan, span. lifespan, yeah. health span. Yeah. So your lifespan is how long you're alive, how long your heart is going and you're, you know, ticking. Uh, your health span is how long are you healthy? How long are you able to do the things that you enjoy, that you will move around, that you're cognitively present? And lifespans have extended, health spans have not caught up. So the first thing is, can we in fact extend the health span so that you're healthy till you're 90, till you're 100. And then, you know... In the, body and mind. In body and yeah, mind, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So when, when I I was at the Vatican, and I was on a panel um, with a... It sounds like a joke. With an elderman, a, uh, a rabbi, uh, a cardinal, and the head of the NSF and myself. Were and, you in the Vatican bar when that happened? <laughs> <laughs> there, should a, there should be a good joke about this. I was at a panel. The Vatican conference was on, regen, on regenerative medicine. And... I, the title of this panel was The uh, Morality of Immortality. Mm-hmm. 
And I wanted to flip it to the immorality of mortality, but they ooh, ooh, nice, that. nice, okay. Uh, but so at one point, I'm I'm giving my presentation, and I and it's the audience is filled with physicians and clergymen and scientists. I say, how many of here would like to live to 120? Expecting everyone's hands to go up, and like a quarter of the room goes up, and the rest are like crickets. I'm going, what up with that? And everyone—they they don't have any confidence that they'll have a quality of life. Yeah, everyone's view of 120 is in a wheelchair slobbering. Right. And, and it doesn't need to be that way. So a lot of the work that I do today is focused on extending the healthy human lifespan. And uh, part of this is my desire to see us get back to the moon, get onto Mars. I want those extra 30 years to enjoy what I'm sure is coming. The other side is it's, you know, there's no greater wealth than your health. There's no greater gift you can give anybody than their health. Right. So now, anyone dying will spend all their money to live longer. It, typically, absolutely. Typically, um, so uh, I've in this area I've done a, a few different things. Wait, but you have a book. That, I, I have a book. It just came out. Wait, tell me the name. It, it's called Longevity: Your Practical Playbook. Okay, so it's it's a it's longevity that you can. It's, it's not just pie in the sky. It's things yeah. you can do maybe to help it. So the and you can go, if you go to diamandis.com backslash longevity. Uh, there's a, a free uh, uh, um, distillation of the book. Like, if you can't afford it on Amazon, the stuff I do and why it's important is there for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just, my goal is like, get the news out. So the fact of the matter is that there are things that we all can do to, and we know what they are. We know what they are. It is, you need eight hours of sleep. If we didn't need eight hours of sleep, believe me, evolution would have gotten rid of it, right? We need, you know, so I'm always shooting for seven or eight hours of sleep. And there are lots of different uh, approaches to maximize your sleep. And I talk about them. And then on diet. I, I, you went to MIT. Surely people bragged how many all-nighters. They oh, I, when I was in medical school, it was like, I was like, as little sleep as possible. And, that, and was that, was, that was the... That was the <laughs> macho thing to do. It was like, I, I had... It was a, the Marines of... of Education. I had yeah. an island of stability at five and a half hours. If I, you know, five hours, I was groggy. Six hours, I was groggy. Five and a half, I got up then, I was okay. And then, you know, man, the medical world is crazy because interns and residents are sleepless constantly. It's the worst thing. And they're the ones responsible for keeping you healthy when you're in, got something wrong. I, I would unionize and revolt if I were back in medical <laughs> school right now. <laughs> So, okay, so so this is so it's a playbook for you. It's a play. It's very it's very but practical. based on what's available today. But you also have visions yeah. of tomorrow. Yes, uh, and so uh, one of the chapters in the book is called "Don't Die from Something Stupid." Good one. I love it. Yeah, um, and or something you could have avoided. So it talks about one of my companies called Fountain Life. Uh, we have centers uh, in the maybe United by States. the end of this. Podcast, we'll have list all the companies that are your company. Maybe. But maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Probably not. I've got 26 or 27 I've started. Okay. All right. So, but this one is important. If I were to ask you right now, Neil. But just in the time he's been sitting here, he started three companies. <laughs> just, <laughs> okay. If I were to ask you right now, Neil, do you know that you're perfectly healthy? There's nothing going on inside your body you don't know about. No, I wouldn't have confidence in making that statement. Right. And no one should. Mm-hmm. Um, the body is incredibly good at hiding disease. So uh, 70%, 70% of all heart attacks have no precedent, no shortness of breath, nothing. They just happen. They happen. And in almost half the cases, you're dead. Um, 
Uh, I don't stroke know, comes on pretty. Stroke yeah. as well. High blood pressure. You don't know you have high blood pressure. Uh, cancer. You don't feel a cancer when it's stage one or stage two. It's only when it's stage three or stage four that you start. You go in to see the doctor and they say, I'm sorry to tell you this, but... So, uh, and there's lots of examples. Like the body is great at compensating and hiding the disease. I had a dear friend of so mine. So ideally, if we could feel stage one, we'd go to get medical yeah. support and that would save so many lives. It would. Uh, or if you could feel the early stages of cardiac you know, disease mm -hmm. um, or any of these diseases. But the body compensates. And uh, I say, you, you have to look. And people say, I don't want to know. And I, I'm saying... I'm not that person. Okay. I want to know everything okay. I can know. Well, yeah, yeah, I, should, yeah. I should rope you in and should come down. <laughs> um, here's, the, here's the fact. You're going to know. You want to know at the beginning when you can do something about it? And so we have Fountain Life is a, we have four centers, one here in New Fountain York. Fountain Life. Fa is what, is Fountain Life is the name of the company. Fountainlife.com. Mm -hmm. uh, we have four, one in New York. That's um, a cool name, by the way. I love it. Thank Fountain you. Life, yeah. Uh, it's very uh, Ponce de Leon, Fountain yes. of Youth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple in Florida and Texas, and we're growing. But of the first 5,000 people coming through, 2% had a cancer they didn't know about. 2.5% had an aneurysm they didn't know about. 14.4% had either cardiovascular disease, metabolic disease, neurocognitive disease. And you can do Neurocognitive, that would be like Alzheimer's or something? Earlier Alzheimer's or other forms of early dementia. And you can slow these things down. And it's really about intercepting the cures coming that way. And then the last thing, which I merged my XPRIZE world with longevity, is we launched a $101 million uh, health span XPRIZE. So offering $101 million to the team that can reverse loss in cognition, immune, and muscle by 10 to 20 years, there's $101 million up for grabs. This is not just to have you live longer, but to actually reverse it. Yes, because I don't, want, I don't want to wait 20 years to pay out a prize. Got it. But what I can do, and we have, you know, we had like 200 teams in the first couple of months and growing. I hope we'll get you know close to 1,000 teams here competing. I want to, a team is going to have different approaches, lots of different approaches, uh, you know, stem cells, epigenetic reprogramming, whatever it might be. And what we're going so to- Epigenics is altering your genes after they're already in play. Yeah, it's, 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 to, it's uh, altering which genes are on and which genes are off. After the fact. After the fact, yeah. right? So a quick one on that, you know, you get 3.2 billion nucleotides, letters from your mom and from your dad. And that's your genes. The letters are, are um, amino acid letters. They're nucleotides, Nucle okay. ATCs and Gs. Yeah, those aren't amino acids? No, those amino acids make up the proteins. So the ACT, the adenosine, cytosine, tryptosine, guanine. right. So, so, so those, those, are, those are called nucleotides. Nucleotides, okay. Yeah. And um, the movie Gattaca, yes. uh, those letters are... The nucleotides that spell out Gattaca. Gattaca yes. A, a fascinating that. film. Lower budget than the movie The Island with similar themes where you but have it was a good, it was a control, good yeah, control over your genetic destiny. But you get those, you get those genes, about 20,000 genes in these 3.2 billion letters at birth. It's the software you're running throughout your entire life. So the question is, you have the same genes at zero, at 20, at 40, at 60, at 80, at 100. Why do you look different? Why don't you have a six-pack at 80 that you had when you were at 20? I have a six-pack. It's just beneath three, <laughs> three inches of fat. <laughs> but there's a six-pack in there somewhere, yeah? And it's, it's not what genes you have. It's which genes are on and which genes are off. And that's your mm -hmm. epigenome. 
I got it. And so uh, this. By the way, there's an obscure reference to early days of computing with you had dip stick, uh, dip switches mm -hmm. on computers. I, yes. And in order to have a computer behave in one way versus another, you have to go behind it and check your list of what's. That's how old I am. I, I, re I remember uh, uh, cards. I remember punch cards. Punch cards, yeah. So you flick these switches, and that would put the computer in a mode that would then serve your needs. Yeah. And they're called uh, dip switches. But. So epi from the, from the Greek word for above, above the genome, mm -hmm. controlling it. Like the epicenter of, a, of an earthquake is the point on the ground above right. the earthquake, which occurred, of course, below the ground. Yeah. So we're going to have lots of different approaches to going after this prize. And uh, it we hope it will be won by... By 2030, that's the current end of the prize. We'll extend it if we need to. Uh, but if you're interested, if you're listening to this and you have a company that wants to compete for this X Prize, go to xprize.org. Uh, registration will be open, and we're you know we don't pre-guess what the solution is. It could be you don't a, want to do that ever, right? Because no. somebody is could be more clever than you. Yeah, it could be a med in your meditative state. It could be you know mm -hmm. eating popcorn all day long. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But there's $101 million. Oh, by the way, ask me why it's 101. Eating Cheetos or whatever. It's something, something you would have never expected. Yeah. Oh, why is it 101? Yeah. So Other than 101 Dalmatians. Other well, than that. So uh, the prize we'd, we'd gotten... Because uh, Disney was funding it. No. <laughs> right. uh, the prize we got funded from Elon was $100 million for gigaton carbon removal. And the first sponsor of this prize, a guy named Chip Wilson, the founder of Lululemon, and uh, he put in the first uh, uh, roughly $30 million into this prize. And he wanted it to be bigger than Elon's prize. Oh, that's the competition you're talking about? Yes. So I oh, said, man. okay, would you add another million? He did. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Star Talk. Visit IXL.com slash Star Talk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. We've all got old stuff that we should toss, but an old 401k? Make sure it keeps working for you. A Fidelity Rollover IRA has no account fees or minimums to open. 
An easy-to-follow rollover process makes it simple to get started in under 15 minutes. Plus, you'll have access to a rollover specialist. Whether you've switched jobs or are just organizing your finances, learn more at fidelity.com slash rollover. Consider all your options and the applicable fees and features of each before moving your retirement assets. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Save big money on everything for your projects. Now at Menards. We have it all for garden and landscaping essentials. Visit our outdoor garden center today and update your backyard space. Grid Accents Lattice Panels have a timeless design with an innovative design that's simple to install and requires almost no maintenance. Save big on lattice panel options at Menards. View our entire selection of garden center products today on Menards.com. Save big money at So tell me now about what role AI can or should play going forward. I know you've thought a lot about it, and and you founded Singular, co-founded Singularity University with with uh, Ray Kurzweil. With Ray Kurzweil, who's been on Star Talk a couple of times. Yeah, Ray is amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a mentor he, for me. Yeah. He's a friend of Star Talk. Yeah, and um, I'm still angry with you all for taking our word. Singularity. <laughs> it is a physicist. It's a black word. hole word. It's our word. You should pay us royalty on that. I think, <laughs> but um, this idea that there's some portal waiting to arrive through which we will pass and will and never return back because everything will be different. The yes. neuro computing yeah. interface, AI controlling everything. You, uh, given the fear factor that it represents in mm. culture today, mm. you come across quite comfortable with it. Yeah. You, do you have any concerns? I remember a friend of mine, uh, uh, Dan Sullivan, said to me, Peter, you don't fear the future, do you? I said, not at all. I'm excited about the future. The, the future is we're empowered to do more and more and solve bigger and bigger problems. Say it right. The future's so bright, I got to wear shades. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that for next time. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a movie line to me. Yeah, it's a song. It's a, it's a, <laughs> a lyric and a song. Yeah. Right, so, From the 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> I was conscious then. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I was I was trekking through Chile, long story. I was carrying Ray's book, The Singularity is Near. Um, which is an interesting title. And, and he um, just came out with a new book, The Singularity, Singularity is Nearer. Yes. So yes. it's not very imaginative, but... <laughs> but, but it works. But we, we get the point, right? But right. we talk about it. Yeah, yeah. The meme is, the meme is spreading. Mm -hmm. um, so I said, there is no place on the planet you can go as a, an executive, a college kid, graduate student, entrepreneur, whatever it is, and really get an overview of what's going on in all the exponentially growing technologies, which I count as computation, sensors, networks, AI, robotics, 3D printing, synthetic biology, AR, VR, blockchain. All those things are rising up and to the right at the same time that compute is going up. And they're converging, and they're changing everything, and they're empowering everything. And they're changing everything... Under our noses. Yes. And we're the, we're the frog in the boiling water, not noticing it, but it's happening in a, an extraordinary rate. And accelerating, by the way. It's the Why is the water the, boiling? The That's a bad thing. <laughs> I know. That, that, I, I thought you analogy. had a positive outlook here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel great about the future. We're frog in a boiling pot of water. That is not the... All right, I will change pick that. Pick another... I will change that. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, the, the, the fact of the matter is the speed at which it's accelerating is accelerating. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are more. There's a term for that. I forgot. Uh, it's, it's a jerk. 
Oh, uh, the, 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 the acceleration of the acceleration yes. is the jerk. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First time I heard that, I was like, really? The jerk? <laughs> Do you know what the acceleration of the acceleration of the acceleration is? No. It's a snap. Oh. Yeah. And the acceleration of the acceleration of the acceleration is The next two are crackle and pop. It's true. <laughs> I think there was some like uh, drug use in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> That's whoever came up with that. <laughs> but go on. Yes. So if you have, uh, uh, it's basically a hyper exponential at that point. It, it, All right. It is. And it's happening around us and so taking formed, us by surprise. Yes. Yeah, so we formed uh, Singularity University as a place where folks can go and, and, uh, and, and learn about that. And Bathe I, in it. Bathe in it, bathe in it. And then I created sort of the highest level of singularity called Abundance 360. And, and what so is Abundance? It's, so I mentor about 500 CEOs that uh, are with me through the year. We spend four days in, four and a half days in LA together and then quarterly on Zoom. And my job is to show them what just happened and where things are going so they can have an understanding of this. Because... The speed so they is, can make better strategic decisions yeah. in the interest of the financial stability of whatever they of their, oversee. Of their companies, or if they are trying to make the world a better place, how do they get use better tools? Right. The saying that I, I use is, uh, you know, there are two kinds of companies at the end of this decade: uh, companies that are fully utilizing AI, and those that are out of business. And I think it's that you know that black and white. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, my, in my field, astrophysics, we've been AIing for decades. Yeah. Uh, you don't call those graduate students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's that's an aspect of it. That's the that's the 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 biological side of the AI that we're we're invoking. Um, so so you see the positive side of it all because you so, know so, what it can be. Yeah. So so get back to the word abundance. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So you know the reason I chose Abundance Three Hundred and Sixty as the name of this program and the summit was because I'm seeing these technologies are turning scarcity into abundance over and over again. My favorite example is 100 years ago, we used to kill whales to get whale oil to light our nights. Then we ravaged mountainsides and we drilled kilometers under the ground. Now we're bathed with 8,000 times more energy from the sun, uh, from solar than, than we use as a species. And well, fu- the planet is. The yeah. planet is. Yeah, yeah, Earth yeah, is, yeah. yes. And, and fusion, hopefully, do you believe it's around the corner as much as... I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, based on other things that were once imagined to never come, and now we take for granted, I have no hesitation and the about same the future true, of nuclear fusion. And the same is true across all areas, right? We have an abundance of compute and bandwidth and memory and knowledge. And now even AI is free and available to anyone on the planet yeah, yeah. With, a, with a connection. And it doesn't stop there. We're reinventing food, right? So for all of human history, food was... Photons 93 million miles away hitting a chloroplast, turning into hydrocarbon that a cow would eat, and then you eat the cow. There's the, the breakthrough that's coming in reinventing how we feed ourselves is cultivated meats. Yeah, I'm, I, right? I'm first in line for that. Yeah, I am a friend of mine, Josh Tetrick. But, and uh, even if they can't get the protein fibers right, um, you can make sort of the equivalent of ground beef. Sure. Sure. And if you could transform burgers, I'll eat more burgers. Yeah. If that happens, nobody doesn't love a burger. If I mean, there's a company called Omeat o- in LA. Uh, it's called Omeat? Omeat. And uh, they're doing that now. There's, uh, there's Good Meat. There's a number of different companies. They've gotten approval from the FDA to sell this stuff. And people go, that's disgusting. And I say, my response is, have you ever gone to a slaughterhouse? You want it disgusting? <laughs> oh! Right? <laughs> you want to see disgusting. Do you know how many chickens there are on planet Earth? 
I yeah, well, I know how uh, I got. Here's my number. Ready? Yeah, okay. not my number. It's a yeah, number. Yeah. And I post this every Super Bowl. Okay? okay, I said while you're dining on your chicken wings, yes. consider that in America alone, uh -huh. we eat a million chickens per hour. <laughs> and that's not even the weird part. You have to complete the sentence. If we eat a million chickens per hour, it means we hatch a million eggs, grow them, cultivate them, bring them, feed them, bring them to slaughter, distribute them to marketplaces. They're purchased, cooked, and then eaten a million times an hour. So I think it's, what is it? It's uh, tens of billions? Uh, it's billions. 38 billion chickens. Yeah. On the planet. It's the most slaughtered animal in which, the world. Which blows me away. So these companies are now able to, instead of slicing the neck off, pluck out a piece of a muscle stem cell. And they cultivate that. And they grow them to billions, hundreds of billions, and they form them into a Chick-fil-A. Now, and I bet that tastes like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, they will be healthier for you, cheaper for you. It's like, I have given up so, Stuff to look forward to. Is there an X prize to do this now? There is. And it's being, uh, it's going to be won very shortly. Tony Robbins um, was this one is of the, the This sponsors. is the self-help guru. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, Tony a, Robbins. he's a dear friend. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we are, I mean, what I find fascinating is I've given up eating tuna because of, number one, we're destroying all the large fish in the oceans. And two, the mercury levels are so high. But imagine in the future, you know, cultivated tuna. But suppose I like mercury. Then <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> it's been good knowing you. <laughs> okay. I, I, I like tuna, but I don't eat it as often as I used to. Yeah. I, it's, it's, uh, I like moderation, but only in moderation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about deep fakes and AI? That's yeah. a little scary there. You don't worry about that? I, I, I do. Mm -hmm. um, and deep fakes, I don't think we've seen anything yet. I think that deep fakes are... It's, it's, just, it's just the beginning. Yeah, a friend of mine, Imad Mustax, the CEO of Stability AI, I was talking to him. He said, you know, a year ago, it took us 30 seconds to generate a single image. Now we can generate 100 images per second, mm -hmm. which is, you know... Through an AI. Through an AI generator, uh, right? Mm -hmm. And so they we're now about to create real-time video on the fly. You know, goodbye, Hollywood. In what way might deep fakes cause the most damage in society. Yeah. I mean, we're, we've, we've seen deep fakes being used uh, to mimic celebrities hawking wares that they have no relationship with. Mm -hmm. But the real damage is during election years, right? Ooh. Where you've got one side using it and the other side not using it? I don't think so. I think it's one of these weapons that um, is going to be unleashed secretly by both sides. Now, here's the problem. You know, seeing used to be believing, and it is no longer. And if you tell somebody the same thing, a falsehood, over and over and over again, it doesn't matter that you've been told it's false. It's still eating away in your subconscious. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see... I think that's evolutionary, where, where if something happens repeatedly, your brain says it must be true. Yeah. Why would, otherwise, it wouldn't have happened continuously. But we have to find ways to combat this, right? And so the ways we're going to combat this, are, first of all, there are regulations in play. Uh, and there should be a very high price to pay uh, if you're creating a deep fake. Uh, number two, legally, le price, legally, yeah. yes. I mean, I create deep fakes of myself, and I create deep fakes of mythical individuals for my podcast and for other things. 
But um, if I create a deep fake of are you, you are you real? No. I am. I am. Okay. I'm, well, at least as far as you can tell. Which is always necessary. That's why, as long as I can know, uh, can't know. So here's the, you know, it turns out that we've dealt with this in a couple different ways. Uh, back early on in the color Xeroxers came out, color copying machines, people started replicating money. And uh, there was a, uh, you know, an outcry in 30 Well, banks. it wasn't just color. It, they had to have a high enough resolution sure. the to high, get the detail. Yeah. There's a lot of... But there was a point at which you could replicate money on these mm -hmm. machines. And a conglomeration of 30 central banks got together and created a protocol that were then implemented by all the copiers like Xerox so that you cannot use your machine to copy money. And so the networks are going to need to create... Um, the broadcast networks. Or, or all, the platforms. All, all, all digital media platforms networks yeah. are going to have to create the mechanisms for, for checking on meta tags. Maybe it's going to be blockchain that's going to enable me to authenticate whether a video or image is right. You know, we've talked about blockchain forever. This might be the single most important use case for blockchain ever to authenticate um, uh, video and images. And then, do you remember when credit cards were first being used on the internet and your caution about, can I, is it safe to put my credit card in here? Mm -hmm. And I think um, we we now feel safe about that. Uh, and we'll get so there. So it's tank, anti-tank warfare, right? Yeah, Something rises and the, then the, you combat it. The single biggest tool we're going to have to fight deep fakes is going to be AI. It's going to be a white hat, black hat comp competition. Yeah, there it is. And it's going to be not moving at the speed of conferences or regulatory. It's going to be entrepreneurs using AI. And I tell you, the world's biggest problem is the world's biggest There's nothing less nimble than the U.S. Congress. For sure. <laughs> let me, let Voting me, on a technology that none of them knows. For sure. 100%. Let me give you a pro tip uh, for the listening audience. One of the areas where deepfakes is causing problems is... Um, Moms and dads, grandmothers and grandfathers who get a call and say, hey, grandma, I'm in, I'm in jail. I need bail money. Can you please, can you send me some money, please? And people I know have been ripped off by that. So the pro tip here is in your family, get a code word. Agree on a code word over dinner tonight that if anybody should ever call you from within your ecosystem asking you for money, be cautious. Ask for them their code word. Want, want to hear my code word? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so what I, how I think this will all play out, not yeah. that you ask, please, I, I am but it is my podcast, so I yeah, get to say yeah. this. It's once deep fakes become basically perfect, even people who believed news that had been faked will not believe will flip the fake yeah okay yeah. so the people who thought there was pizzagate and we're like eating babies at the basement of the pizza thing they will see that and they'll see that announcement on the internet and say the internet is so rife with false information that that's probably false right. <laughs> so so think about that uh, it, because it's because so far it, it would it would reach such a level that people who believe fake stuff will no longer believe the fake stuff. Yeah, it will default to disbelief. Everything. Yes. And that will be the end of the internet. And we have to go back to reading books and having personal conversations. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter. Yes, sir. Um, I know you get around and you, you very smoothly name-dropped this entire interview. That was very cool. Very, very smooth of you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I am a salesman after all. Oh. <laughs> um, 
So you've probably been in the company of other astrophysicists, but right now we know you're in my company. So I bet you might have some question that you have about the universe that you can ask me right now and I can answer it. When during the 13.8 billion years of this universe might life have begun? I can give an educated guess. Okay. Uh, life as we know it requires more than hydrogen and helium. Mm -hmm. It requires much more complex atoms to make molecules. The universe was birthed out of the Big Bang by all evidence as a soup of hydrogen and helium and trace amounts of lithium. You're not getting life there, unless the life is somehow magically made of just hydrogen. So what happens? Star, you have to wait till stars are formed. So the universe has to cool so that matter can coalesce into objects that we call stars. Some of those stars are so hot in their core, they will fuse not only hydrogen to helium, but helium to carbon, to nitrogen, to oxygen, to silicon, and all the, all the chemical elements that we see, know, and love on the periodic table, mm. and the elements that comprise the human body. Yes. That takes time to build that, 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 that corpus of chemical identity for everything that we know of and love as life. So I would put it at, I would say you needed a few billion years out of that 13.8 to build up enough chemical reserves so you can have a planet which is made of these chemical reserves and on that planet have the organic chemistry that would then give you life. Which means since Earth is, on, the solar system is only uh, just under 5 billion years old, mm. And the universe is 14.8. It means there could be life out there. And there's a gap. Th that's 5 billion years older than we are. That's the point. And more advanced. Where the heck are they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more advanced. We're, we're latecomers in this. Yeah. Okay? And, and we like to think we've come far. But if we had another billion years of, of complex life, such as what we are, oh my gosh. They'd look at us like we were worms. Still evolving. We are nuts. And so, Peter, really great to see you again, man. Thanks for coming Let's by. Let's not have it be 30 years again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you when we're 90, all right? Uh, uh, you catch me up on... And well, 90, we'll have another 50 years to live, <laughs> if you're successful. I hope so. All right. A real pleasure, pal. This has been Star Talk. Your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. Keep looking up. entire life you've been told to save. But has anyone helped you figure out how to spend? With Fidelity Income Planning, get help creating a personalized plan for cash flow, even when you're not working. One that includes your 401k and all your other accounts. Make informed decisions that best fit your life ahead, whether one-on-one -on -one or through our planning tools. Learn more at fidelity.com slash income planning. Advisory services provided by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisors, LLC for a fee. Brokerage services by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.